Hello and welcome to the Modern Casanova podcast with me, Troy Francis, broadcasting to you live from London. It's Sunday, it's a chilled out day, everyone's relaxing except for me and I'm doing lots of work because that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. If you're hustling, you've got to work. You've got to find the time to do the work. And, you know, this is one of the things that I preach. It's one of the aspects of my life that I've had to come to understand over time that actually, you know, I actually enjoy doing work. You know, we have this idea, don't we, that um, weekends are for rest and relaxation and you need to get that degree of rest and relaxation in. And, you know, to some extent, I would agree with that. I think that's true. You obviously need to recharge the batteries. You can't be go, go, go 100% of the time. But, you know, at the same time, you've got to think, what do I actually enjoy? Now, for me, personally, I am happiest when I am working. And that work could be, uh, it could be writing a book, it could be writing a blog post, it could be recording this podcast, it could be working with a student on my coaching programme. Uh, it could be any one of those things. I think my favourite is probably, if I'm honest, writing, because that's always been with me. And, you know, I like to sit down in front of the keyboard, just me and the screen. It used to be the piece of paper when I had a typewriter, but, you know, me and the screen. Um, working on writing, and that is probably where I am in reality happiest. Now, of course, that's not to say that I don't get a lot of pleasure from doing other things. You know, I like to socialise, I like to see friends. I like to go on dates, I like to meet girls, um, I like to travel, all of these different things. But in the end, fundamentally what makes me happy, and what makes me happy, I think, is that feeling of being productive. You know, I don't like to feel that I'm wasting my time, I suppose. And that's been a problem for me with relationships, because what I found with relationships, and perhaps it's the people that I've dated more than, you know, anything else, but is that the girls that I've dated have been very much, you know, we'll work hard during the week and then the weekends we will relax or we'll go and have a meal or we will go to a shop and look at some clothes and so on. And, <clears throat> you know, again, nothing inherently wrong with any of that and everyone has to make their own decisions. But for me, I find it difficult because I get a little bit itchy if, I am doing something that I don't deem to be productive for too long. So when the girl, you know, she wants to go for lunch and then she wants to sit in the park and then she wants to have a look at some shops and then we come back. For me, in the background, there was this feeling of anxiety, this kind of feeling of, okay, well, this is, this is all very nice, but where's this getting me? Where is this? How is this taking me forward in my life? And yeah, it's a, it's a problem because not everyone thinks like that. Not everybody is wired in that way. In fact, probably most people aren't. But then the point is, <clears throat> most people are in conventional jobs. Most people have pretty conventional lives. You know, they're not entrepreneurs. They're not moving forward. They're not artists, you know. And if we want to be these things, if we want to break out of the, the norm, if you like, then we have to be prepared to to put the work in and we have to be prepared to do things differently. So 
that's how it is for me anyway. I don't know about you guys. I would imagine a lot of you guys probably feel feel similarly if you're listening to this because you know what I want to talk about on this modern Casanova podcast is really girls and um, you know achieving a great sex life yes I mean that's one thing but what else do we want well we also want freedom we also want to be able to travel we also want to be uh, location independent to some extent we want to have great experiences we want to have rich lives so you know and and when you think about the actual Casanova of course he traveled he was a guy who had a very rich varied um, and exciting life so how do we emulate that in the modern arena and you know and part of that is <clears throat> is putting the work in now now doing work may not seem very exciting it may not seem very adventurous but you know I would rather have spent a day writing 2,000 words say of a new book, you know, I've got something to show from that. I can, I might feel tired, I might feel, you know, a little bit drained or, or whatever, but I can get up and I've got something to show for that. I've sat down, I've created something. And for me, I want to create more than I consume. You know, I don't want to be watching TV for hours if I'm not creating anything. I'd rather be creating for hours and then maybe watching TV, you know, for, for half an hour just to, just to relax or something. Um, so yeah, there it is. That's how it is for me. Um, I'm interested to know what you guys think. If uh, it's similar for you, I hope it is because I think you know being productive is really, you know, the key to everything really. Um, as far as creating a great life for ourselves goes. Um, today I wanted to talk about, um, and the, the reason I want to talk about this is because it was the most popular post on my website in the last seven days, which. I don't know if it surprised me, but it, it, it was unexpected. It, it wasn't one that I thought was going to come up as the most popular, but it was. Um, and that is how to live like a rich man without being rich. That was the number one post in the last seven days on my site, realtryfrancis.com, uh, according to my stats. So clearly people are interested in that as a topic. It's a little bit off the... Uh, beaten track of my game material I suppose but as I said it fits in with the whole lifestyle piece that I'm talking about so it's not about girls per se but on the other hand it is about having a quality life and it's this idea about money and being rich and you know so many people so many of us say oh if only I was rich if only I won the lottery if only this or that happened there and I had loads of money then my life would be amazing and I would be incredibly happy and, and everything else and of course the other thing is people think well if I was rich I'd get loads of girls as well so that would solve that side of things and <clears throat> that of course isn't necessarily the case but you know people want to be rich fine you know, we want to be Jay-Z and Beyonce. We want to be, you know, driving around the Riviera in our open-top sports car. We want to have a penthouse apartment in Manhattan overlooking the, you know, looking out over the Brooklyn Bridge or, you know, whatever it is. Um, why do we want those things, though? Well, in my view, we want those things because money in itself, I mean, what is money, really? I mean, it's, it's pieces of paper and little round gold, silver, you know, bits of metal. But increasingly, it's not even that. Increasingly, it is numbers on a screen. 
Money is um, our numbers on a screen. They go into my bank account um, and the number on my screen gets bigger. And then I take money out and I spend it and the money on my, uh, the number on my screen gets smaller. So that's all it is. It's not even a physical thing anymore because I use a credit card or I use a debit card or whatever. So increasingly money isn't even something that we touch. It's an idea. And money's always been an idea, really. Um, it's just that before it was in a more tangible form as, as paper and metal. Whereas increasingly, as I say now, uh, it's not even that. And with the likes of Google Pay with your mobile phone and, and cards and everything else, it's not so hard to imagine a, you know, a quite a near future where money in the physical form just won't exist at all anymore. Um, so it's going to be completely this idea. And of course, and what is money? Well, it's, it's, it is an indicator of value, I suppose, at the very simplest. So if I work, um, if I work for five days for a company and they pay me £2,000 for doing that, say, then that £2,000 is the value that we have agreed between us for the labour or the work that I am giving them over that five days. So the money itself is a, it's almost like a score, if you like. They're saying to me, okay, your work, your contribution to this company is for us worth £2,000. So you get a 2000 here and here it is in your bank account. Um, in the same way, if I purchase a, a book and it costs me £20 in England, then I am, I am effectively saying, yes, I think this book with its artwork and the way that it's been, you know, the, the, the text within it and the way that it's been printed and presented and, and published, I believe that book to be worth £20. So I'm going to effectively score it 20. Here is the 20, which I will put into your bank account, Mr. Bookseller. And then I get the book. So money really is all about value. It's about, and it's about, and, and the value of anything, of course, is only, um, it, it is also only an idea. The value of anything is um, an agreement between two, two or more parties. You know, I have to agree, the seller has to agree. I might think that the book's rubbish. So I might think, well, that book is not worth, to me, £20. It looks terrible. So I'm therefore not going to give that, you know, give the money. So, you know, who's right and who's wrong? Is the seller right? Um, you could say, you could, you might say the seller is, is wrong because of me, the customer, I'm saying that £20 is too much. But on the other hand, there might be plenty of other people who think £20 is absolutely right. So therefore, you know, it's it's an amalgam of the opinions of different people, which is really what the market is. A market is an amalgam of differing opinions on um, the value of individual goods and services. So that's what money is. Um, but why do we want money? Well, we want money because we want to be able, we want to have more ability to purchase, to, to, well, to access those goods and services. We want to have a, the greatest ability possible to access uh, beautiful objects, useful objects. Uh, we want to be able to 
travel with it we want to be able to buy property we want to be able to you know we want to we want to be able to improve the overall quality of our lives if you like to the greatest degree possible and how do we achieve that we achieve that by having a lot of money and in this society or in our western societies in fact in most societies the less money that you have the less ability you have to directly control the quality of your life or at least that's what we're told um <clears throat> so in a sense if you could live say somebody said to you okay right um i want to i just pulling off from that for a minute i once went to a party in manhattan and i was it was a work related thing and we were in a uh a well, it was a bar in some kind of venue, and it was. We were told it was opposite the uh, penthouse apartment that Jay Z and Beyonce have in Manhattan, and so we were looking out over this building. Um, yeah, it looked pretty nice. I don't know, pretty nondescript. Expensive, of course, for that location. Um, they didn't appear to be in. We didn't see Beyonce in the shower or anything like that, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, so you know, we were overlooking this apartment that, that, that they owned and <clears throat> imagine if somebody said to you okay I'm not going to give you a lot of money um, we're not going to do it like that however I'm going to allow you to live in that I'm going to I'm going to facilitate it so that you live in that apartment where Jay-Z and Beyonce live, used to live sorry. so I'm going to transplant you into that apartment and then I'm, I'm also not going to give you any money but I am going to give you a chauffeur driven car so you'll be driven around all the time and you know I am going to give you these possessions these clothes I'm going to give you uh, these travel tickets etc etc now I think most of us you know we'd be pretty happy with that we wouldn't say well actually I just want I want the money or we might do, we might do, because, you know, we might want to... But assuming you wanted to live in NYC and, you know, you thought that that lifestyle was pretty cool, then you'd probably just say, yeah, fine, okay, that that's great, I'll do that. So <clears throat> the point is, it's not the money that you wanted, it's the lifestyle, it's the um, it, it's the components of the of that lifestyle that you, you actually covered. And money is only a means to an end. So then we get into the question of whether, to what degree do we actually need money at all? Now, it occurred to me just a moment ago when I was speaking that if, you know, one, one way of looking at this, if you wanted to be very sort of zen about it and very, uh, you know, almost hippie fight about it, you might say, well, actually, I don't need money at all because all that's important is my happiness and I can achieve... Actually, this is and this is kind of a stoical idea as well, really. I'm reading Marcus Aurelius at the moment, the meditations. Um, you might say, well, actually, I don't need any money because it, all I need is inner contentment. All I need is to be happy, you know, within myself. And I can achieve that simply by meditating. I can achieve that simply by, uh, you know, going into my own head, on my own, in a room. And, you know, I can achieve the greatest satisfaction and happiness in the world without the need for earthly riches you might say that now i personally wouldn't say that i <laughs> i think that's taking it a bit far um 
certainly for me at the moment, at this point in my um, spiritual development, you know, I think it is, it would be tricky for me to say, okay, well, actually, I don't need anything. I can just sit on top of a mountain and I'm going to be, I'm going to be so zen and I'm going to be so composed that I'm going to be incredibly happy and, and that's all. I think that would be hard for me, if I'm honest. Um, and it's not even, it's not even something I particularly aspire to at this point, just because I think there's a bit more of life that I want to see, you know, and there's more places that I want to go to, there are more experiences that I want to have. But nevertheless, I can acknowledge, I can see the logic in it, I can acknowledge that some people probably feel like that. I think there are probably people who are, you know, very religious or very spiritual, um, you know, who've really got meditation down and things like that, that probably would say, well, actually, you know, I don't need any money at all. I can just be happy wherever, under whatever circumstances, because actually it's what's, it's spiritually what's inside that really matters. That's what makes the actual difference. And, um, you know, I can see that completely. And I wouldn't say that those people are wrong. I think they're probably, they're probably right, really. But, that is a level of spiritual development that is certainly beyond me and it may be beyond people listening to this. So, but then if we come down, you know, a few steps from that, we sort of think, well, okay, what am I, what am I actually trying to achieve here? And how much money do I actually need to do that? And my argument in the article that I wrote and the way that I'm thinking about it at the moment is that really I don't actually need all that much money in order to enjoy a lifestyle that's akin to that of somebody rich. And I was talking in the article about my recent trip to Ibiza, which is the island, the Balearic Island um, off the coast of Spain. Um, and I was talking about my experience there and to the degree, the degree to which my experience there differed from that of the, the rich guy. So I went there, I was there for a few days um, I stayed in a pretty cheap, it's a very expensive island now, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of hotels there, the hotels are, there's a lot of cheap hotels there, but they're, they're all pretty, pretty shit for, for the most part, um, and then the price goes up quite sharply beyond that, and then you get some very, you know, expensive sort of, uh, what's the word, you know, sort of high level kind of expensive places, which are a little bit beyond what I want to budget really for that kind of holiday. So I was there for a few days and I ended up, I found a place in Playa de Mbosa, which is where I like to stay because it's sort of <laughs> the center of the action in a way. Um, although a little bit, uh, I mean, the ironic thing is it's not a particularly upmarket resort. It's actually quite, it's quite a, a quite a down market resort. There's, you know, a lot, of, a lot of kids there, a lot of noise. Loads and loads of hookers outside the hotels, outside the posh five-star hotels. It's just like a street in Bucharest or something. I mean, there's so many hookers there. It's it's kind of, um, it looks a little bit seedy. Um, and then there are these African hookers further down the street who call out at you and sort of whistle, smack their teeth or whatever they call it at you as you're walking back, you know, in the night and stuff. And um, yeah, so it's not the world's classiest place, although there are other parts of Ibiza which are very classy and very, very beautiful, if you like that kind of thing. But I like to stay there because I like to be in the centre of the action, and this is where all the this is where all the loose women are, this is where the partying happens, this is kind of, you know, I like to keep it a bit down and dirty. But anyway, um, I wasn't going to stay in somewhere really expensive there, so I found an apartment, pretty dirt cheap, 
Um, it was quite big actually, I was quite lucky. The size was great and the air conditioning worked so it was, it was cool. Um, but it was, you know, we're not talking about uh, sophisticated accommodation here. It was pretty down market. So there was that. Um, and then, okay, so you compare that to the rich guy. So what's the rich guy doing? Well, maybe he's staying in the, there's a hard rock hotel there, which is pretty up market. A lot of the DJs stay there and the performers and so on. I've been into that to interview somebody um, and to have drinks in the bar. So there's that, there's another hotel called Yeshwaya, which is where all the hookers were hanging out when I was there a few weeks ago. Um, you know, so I could have stayed in one of those places. Those places cost, I don't know, I mean, a thousand euros a night, 2000 euros a night. So the rich, the, the, the well-off guy might be doing that, or more likely he is staying in a villa somewhere. So he's staying in some villa and the villas there can be very, very expensive. I mean, I've seen on Airbnb, you know, we're talking into the, tens of tens of thousands of euros to stay in one of these places for a week um or he might be staying on a yacht he might be in a yacht in the off the, the coast in the mediterranean somewhere um circling around the islands enjoying the uh you know coming into the marina on the evening going to pasha one of the big clubs there fantastic you know he might be doing all of those things so on the surface of it you think, well, his experience is markedly different to mine, markedly materially different to mine. And you know what? Yes, maybe it is in some ways, but how important are those ways? So when we think about, say, say he's staying, say he's staying in a villa somewhere on the island, perhaps outside of Playa del Bosa, somewhere in the mountains or something like that. So, okay, so he's staying in the villa. He has, say, he's got a beautifully appointed bedroom and he's got Egyptian cotton sheets and he has these beautiful expensive towels for the bathroom. Okay, well, all of those things are nice. I mean, they sound good. If somebody gave that to me as a, as a, as a present, you know, said, this is your holiday, you'll stay in that place, then yes, of course, I would, I would do that. I would jump at the chance. It, sound, it sounds very nice. But... <clears throat> Because that, ha that didn't happen, I have to, when I look at it rationally, I have to say to myself, okay, how much do those things actually matter? How much does it actually matter that I didn't have Egyptian sheets, Egyptian cotton sheets? How much does it actually matter that the towels were, I don't know, probably from Primark or something like that? I mean, you know, okay, on the one, on the one hand, clearly the quality isn't as good, but on the other hand, who really cares? I mean, the truth is, I, you know, you're not gonna spend a lot of time in your, in your apartment in Ibiza anyway, because you wanna be out and about, you wanna be at the beach, you wanna be enjoying the sun, you wanna be at the clubs and stuff. And because if you are going to the clubs or you're out late and you're partying, then you are going to, you know, you're gonna come back and you're gonna be tired and you're gonna to wanna to sleep. And I don't know about you, but, you know, as nice as, and I've stayed in some, you know, some very expensive hotels and so on myself, so I am, you know, fully aware of what that experience is like, but, you know, to be honest, once I'm asleep, I'm asleep. I mean, I don't get, really give a damn. Uh, the calibre of the sheets on which I'm sleeping, you know, I don't particularly care how good the towels are. I'm not bothered about having the very best, you know, hand soap or whatever in the bathroom. 
Uh, I don't really care about having an espresso machine in my room, you know, or a flat screen TV. I mean, it, it's just, I don't really care about these things. What I do care about is the fact that there's beautiful bright sunshine and there's loads of girls around in bikinis. Now, I can enjoy those things. I walk out of my door in the shitty apartment and I'm out in the street and I can enjoy those things immediately in exactly the same way that the, the rich guy does. Now, I suppose another element of the rich guy's experience, you know, he might have a private uh, pool area. He might be able to chill out by that pool. And yeah, I mean, that's great. That's, that sounds very nice. I'm not saying there are no benefits to having more money. I'm just saying that, you know, but then, but then by the same token, you know, I was able to go down to the beach. Um, I was able to, you know, uh, put my towel down, fall asleep on the towel and then go swimming in, in the sea, which I prefer to pools really anyway. Um, and actually there was a small, there was a pool area behind you know, connected with the apartment where I was staying. So, and it was very quiet. So had I wanted to, I could have gone chilled out there, you know, and had, and had materially pretty much the same experience. Because once you're lying on a, <clears throat> you're lying on a, um, what do they call those things? You know, like a, a one of those beds that you have. A sun, you're lying on the sunbed and the sun's beating down and you've got your sun cream on. Maybe you're listening to some music. You can hear the splash of water near to you. Maybe you take a dip in the pool, then you come out, you lay down on the sunbed again, the sun dries off your, your wet skin. It feels great, you feel happy because you're being filled with vitamin D from the sun and you know you don't have to worry about getting up and stuff for the next couple of days or whatever. That experience is going to be the same whether you are staying in a 40,000 a, a, a 40, euro a week apartment somewhere in the hills or if you're staying in a cheap hotel you know in the middle of a touristy resort it doesn't the fundamentals of that experience don't change now another aspect i suppose is um and we could get a bit more into game here talking about girls you know the other aspect is well the rich guy is going to go there and he's going to get all these girls and have sex with them and everything and i mean you know there may be some truth in that i'm not i don't really want to get in this podcast into the debate about whether money you know is the thing that is the only thing that you need in game is a load of is a load of nonsense and all you actually need to do is be rich i mean you know you you, you will have your thoughts on that i personally feel i personally believe that yes money probably helps in some circumstances it certainly helps with access um you know, it, it will certainly, it will certainly help to, to put you into positions or if you've got a, you know, you've got the fantastic uh, uh, villa, you know, with the pool and everything, you, you know, you may be able to pull girls back to, to a pool party there and, you know, you can buy them all cocaine and all this kind of stuff if that's your, if that's how you want to operate. It's not how I operate, but if that's what you want to do, you can do that and go, and, you know, without a doubt, guys get laid doing that kind of thing on that kind of scene. But, it's, you still need game, you know, you still, you still need to be able to, you know, you can't, I, I think there's a bit of a misconception that you can just be incredibly rich, but just sit there like a block of wood and it's all going to come to you. And it, 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 it kind of isn't. I mean, I know guys who are very wealthy. I have friends who are very wealthy, but they don't have game. And as such, you know, their sex lives are 
nothing to write home about. I mean, I know one guy, he's, he hasn't been laid for years, and I mean, he's got a, he's got an apartment in Notting Hill, um, which is a very expensive area in London. You know, he comes from a wealthy family, and so on. So, it, it, it's not this automatic thing where just because you're rich, you're going to get the best pussy. You do still need to have game, and conversely, if you have game but you're not rich, you can you can still get laid. But you know, of course, there are advantages to to having cash. That's not that's not what I'm saying. It's just what what I am saying is to what degree. Can you can you replicate the same experiences anyway? Well, with girls, you know, I um, had a very pleasant night with my Lithuanian girl over there, um, and y- y- you know, I mean, again, what can I say? I mean, having sex with a girl is is having sex with a girl, isn't it? Um, was my experience any better or worse because I had less money than the rich guy? I mean, I I, I would say no. I would say, you know, I met a hot girl. Um, I had a good time with her. We had sex, and there it is, you know. And and that would be the same whether I was on a yacht doing that or if I was in my shitty apartment in Playa del Boston. You know, the quality, the granular quality of that experience is the same. And I think, I suppose that's what it comes down to, really, when we think about it. We have to think about, you know, the, the things as human beings, I believe, that we like that we enjoy, that we respond to, are very, very simple, really, when it comes down to it. They are sunshine, they are water, as in going for a swim, they are sex, they are conversation, they are nice food, they are freedom. Um, and then there's other things as well. So for me, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's work, maybe it's it's writing, but I mean, writing doesn't, cost any money really I mean well you might have to buy a pad and a pad uh, sorry you might have to buy a pen and a pad but you know writing's free more or less um sunshine's free the sea is free the sand is free sex is free if you learn game all of these things don't cost money now that's not to say that you should be unambitious that's not to say that you shouldn't set yourself on a course to earn money because why not because you know um without a doubt it will improve your access to in lots of different ways and you know and and success in its own sake for its own sake anyway is a is a great thing to to go for because Remember what I said before, money is only uh, a symbol. Money is an, is an indicator of value. It's not the end in itself. So, yeah, I mean, you know, by all means, work, work hard, aim to get rich, get rich. That's fantastic. Give me some money. I'd, I'd really appreciate that. But when it comes down to it, as, I, as I've been saying before, it's really about the the very, very fundamentals of life. And can you have those things? And... I believe that in most cases you can get the things that you want in life. You can get the fundamental experiences you want in life without actually having to be inordinately rich. And that's really what it comes down to for me. You know, I'm I'm interested. I, I have to try and strip away the bullshit. I have to try and strip away because we're fed with a lot of fantasies, aren't we, by the media and by advertising that, you know, I feel like I have to be, uh, you know... I feel like I have to be like, 
who's that guy like ASAP Rocky or something you know sitting in the back of a sitting in a jacuzzi with Kendall Jenner on, a, on the back of a yacht or something you know and it's only by achieving those things that I am going to be fully fulfilled but I don't need to achieve that you know it, it, it doesn't matter all I need is to you know I can be there on the beach I can I can be with a girl that I met who I approached through day game um and I could be having just as good a time you know I, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe you want to get into the kind of champagne he drinks. I don't, I don't drink, so it's not an issue for me. So I can just drink a Diet Coke and I'm, I'm happy. You know, if you want to drink the most expensive champagne, then, you know, maybe you have to, maybe you have to factor that in. But I, I, I don't think that should be, I don't think that should be a big consideration for anyone either. I think, you know, think about not money, think about experience. Don't think about monetary value. Just think about experience. What what do I want to feel? What do I want it to, you know, what do I want the essence of this to be like? Don't think about how's it going to look on Instagram? How expensive is the wine that I'm drinking? How expensive is my hotel room? Because all of those things really are irrelevant, you know. And as I said before, I've stayed in some very expensive hotels um, in my time. And, you know, I look back and yeah, it was all right, but it, 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 you know that wasn't the key part part of the trip. Um, that wasn't the key part of the excursion. The key parts of the excursion were actually those very simple things that I talked about. Um, you know, human companionship, touch, sex, laughter, sunshine, fun, um, and those are open to all of us. So think about the ways in which you can achieve those, rather than how you can achieve money or certainly make that the priority in terms of your focus. Okay, that's half an hour. So I'll leave that there. I hope someone got something out of that. Um, my new book is out now, How to Be an Arsehole. The beautifully titled book, How to Be an Arsehole, which is available on Amazon as a, uh, as a Kindle ebook. It will soon be available as a paperback as well on Amazon. So um, watch this space for that. But if you go to Amazon, Type in Troy Francis, you will see uh, the book How to Be an Arsehole, which is all about how you can ethically, I hope, use some of the dark tetrad characteristics and radically differentiating yourself from other guys to pull really hot girls. So I hope I get some great feedback so far. I hope you enjoy that one. And please do let me know what you think. Um, yeah, so go over to Amazon to check that out. Otherwise, uh, see me on Twitter at Troy Francis or go to my website, realtroyfrancis.com for daily updates. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We will speak again soon. Bye-bye.